G'day. Welcome to SEO Success Stories. My name is Russ McCumber, and every two weeks we talk search engine optimization with the world's leading SEO practitioners. We interview a mix of in-house SEO leads from the world's biggest brands and SEO thought leaders, many from leading search technology brands, plus the world's foremost SEO educators. They'll all be lifting the hood on their own SEO journey, as well as sharing the tips and tricks behind how the best and brightest minds in SEO go about their trade of dominating the SERP. SEO nerds, this one's for you. Okay, welcome to SEO Success Stories. My name is Russ McCumber. Today with me, I've got Dale Bertrand. He's going to be talking about Firehouse Coffee. We'll do a proper introduction in a moment, but g'day, Dale. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me today. No worries at all. So for those who haven't tuned in before, every two weeks, every fortnight, as we say in Australia, but bi-weekly, as you guys say here, I interview some of the world's leading SEO minds. I met Dale at a conference, met at a couple of conferences now, both spoke at, and I was taken by this story he's going to share today. So... Let's get straight into it, Dale, from there. Tell me the number one challenge facing SEOs in 2022. It's really keeping up with the way SEO is changing. And it's not just algorithms. It's uh, the basically integrating SEO with everything else that we're doing in marketing. And that's the biggest challenge that I see. Okay, cool. So we always kick off with that challenge. But what we're going to be talking about today is Firehouse Coffee. So Dale and his team have done some amazing work in building the brand through a, a very particular framework that they've developed in-house, which you'll be taking us through in a bit of detail. There's a great story behind Firehouse Coffee and its inception and, and where they've helped the band propel itself to. So we'll be talking about the brand and its history a little bit and then where you guys are helping to take them moving forward. But before we get there, Dale, I'd love for our listeners, so we've got SEOs both in-house and agency globally who tune into this podcast. I'd love them to get an understanding of, of yourself and, and how you got to being one of the leading minds in our field. And I know you've got a really great story that, that I don't want to take any of the shine off. So what, what was your first ever job? Just Yeah, so, so I have a, a technical background. So I studied, I, I studied um, engineering in college. So I was a software developer for working with computer hardware and you know, worked for a startup, went back to grad school. I studied AI in grad school. So that's how I ended up getting into SEO because I had the technical background, very interested in AI, and I wanted to get into marketing. And it was really the intersection of all those things. And some of the technical stuff that you did before you got into SEO, can you share any of yeah, that? Yeah, so my specialty when I was working as a software developer was building simulations of semiconductor devices. So I did that for a lot of, uh, so for a number of uh, consumer electronics companies, mostly startups. One of the projects I worked on was a supercomputer for the NSA. So that was a $6 million machine back in 2008. Uh, we delivered it. The fun part of that story is we delivered it to a parking lot in Northern Virginia with with the, yeah. with spare parts and manuals, and then just never heard anything back <laughs> in yeah, terms yeah, of yeah. what they were using it for until it was declassified. I love that story. I love that story. So then like you had a keen interest in where the, you know, your technical mind overlapped with marketing. And especially, I, I suppose, as we're coming into the 2000s and those things are really overlapping a lot more, what was it that drew you to SEO? Well, I, I worked in technology for a long time. 
and I loved, I, I loved, I just wanted to learn marketing. So uh, back then, this is the early 2000s, um, I was much more curious about marketing than I was about software because I, I had already done so much in software. So it was really the right way for me to get into marketing, giving the technical background that I have. And, and I'm so curious about AI. So one, one of my hobbies, uh, if we were to geek out a little bit here, is reading about AI and I'm doing some conference talks related to AI. So um, I, I love learning that aspect of it too. Excellent. What, what are your thoughts? I was, my brother like just nerds out over that stuff hugely and I find stories every now and then and I share them with him. What, did, what was your thoughts on the one that they pulled out? I'm, I should have the story in full. Because there was the Elon Musk, the, his team had that AI thing that they decided they had to pull because it started to think for itself. Did you? Were you? Oh uh, well, there's a number of stories like that because there's like yeah. you know Microsoft's AI that they, they turned it on and it turned out it was racist. Um, it said a number of inappropriate <laughs> things because it was trained on real Twitter data. You know what real yeah, people yeah. say on Twitter. And then there was um, the the story recently where like Google's AI became became sentient. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's what's your thoughts on that? Can you tell I mean, the story? The, the story there is that Google hires ethicists um, to work internally yeah. because they have some very powerful AI, and powerful mm-hmm. AI is scary in terms of the capabilities. There's so many aspects of the way that that could possibly go wrong. So to to deal with that, they hire ethicists that understand the technology. The problem is uh, when one of their internal ethicists like raise their hand and says, "Hey, wait a minute, we might be going too far in this direction." Or, you know, we might need to make a change, uh, that person gets fired. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, it's if you if you like, I guess, a soap opera type of story with a huge technology and AI angle, um, you know, keeping track of all the chatter around people going in and out of Google and the challenges that they have, because on one hand, like Google and the Google founders, they want to do the right thing. They have a very powerful technology. They want to shepherd it in the right direction. So it does less harm than less harm than good. But also, like you're, we're having this conversation, or they are having this conversation in the context of a, a multi-billion-dollar, you know, trillion-dollar company actually that has a business model that cannot be disturbed or disrupted. So it's just just interesting to see the interplay there. That sounds like a half a season of Silicon Valley. <laughs> it's like it's like right there. All right. So if we come back to SEO, so around the sort of early two thousands, you've come to SEO. What were your? I've spoken to lots of SEOs who've been around for a long time and they talk about, you know, back then and I, I was working in an agency which was doing some SEO things as well, which were like quite blatantly black hat, but that's just what you did, where you'd like make one change and you could really see a tangible effect from the change from that impact sort of back then when it was less sophisticated than it is, say now. What are some of your early experiences of SEOing? in the early 2000s. Yeah, I can say that I never really, I never did the black hat stuff. And it's so funny. I'll say that publicly. Somebody's going to look at one of my sites and find some crappy link or something. But I I don't remember at least doing any of that. Uh, Really, my experience back then was that if if there wasn't a ton of competition, you could get pretty far just with on-page optimization. And that's what SEO was. Uh, The innovation that I came up with in the early 2000s was to focus on link building. And, you know, we all knew back then, you know, Google's original algorithm was based on backlinks. But but what I started to do very early on that worked really well was I, I focused on, you know, 90% of my efforts on link building as opposed to content and um, on-page optimization. And that's what worked in the early 2000s because you just didn't need that many links in order to build authority depending on what niche you were going after. And was there anyone back then that, that kind of helped guide your career, anyone that you looked up to in those early stages? Yeah, and and I don't remember names. Uh, so so without names, 
uh, I had a friend who was running an SEO agency. It's so funny. Like I had a friend that ran a failed SEO agency and yeah. uh, he and I started around the same time and I learned so much from what he did wrong. So yeah. um, we'll, we'll thank him. Um, but I had another friend who ran a, a very a quite successful SEO agency and he was, he was pretty good to me in terms of helping, helping me out. And then I, I had another friend um, who was just basically a link builder and this was very early on. And, you know, talking to him in the early 2000s, so this is a long time ago, um, really helped me understand the power of building authority and backlinks just against Google's early algorithm. So I appreciate that because that's when I really took a turn towards, you know, focusing on authority. Yep. Let's circle that for a bit before we get into how you applied that to Firehouse Coffee, which we're going to get to in a moment. So if we talk about your, what would you say it's a framework or a methodology or a, a mindset towards SEO, the way that you lead your team and your strategies? Yeah, I mean, we call it authority first SEO, which is, yep. you know, basically based on the premise that um, old school SEO was on page optimization and technical technical fixes, which which are still important. If, you're, if your website's broken, fix it. If Google can't crawl or index your website or if it's insanely slow. But, you know, once you have that stuff at a, at a reasonable level of optimization, uh, you're you're not going to double your organic traffic by just you know tweaking pages or you know optimizing your sitemaps or your robots.txt or that sort of thing. So then the way we think about it is you know a lot of that uh, technical and on-page optimization is SEO hygiene. So we need to do it. You know we'll we'll do it over time. But the the big uh, lever that you have if you want to double triple triple your traffic is really focusing on the right content and authority. So targeted content and authority building strategies, which includes link building, but it's also engagement with your site, Google reviews if you're selling products, and then you know what I call the company you keep. So proving to Google or you know beating Google over the head that you have relationships with authoritative individuals and organizations in your space that convey authority that Google would trust and, and boost your rankings. So so that that's really where we're at when when we're looking beyond like you know, a 10% bump in traffic from on-page optimization, and we really want to double, triple um, the traffic. And so how long have you been sort of formulating this authority-led SEO framework? I believe from like the very beginning, like, so I did, believe it or not, I did my first SEO product. We're probably optimizing for like, you know, Lycos or Ask Jeeves or something um, back in, that was actually 1996, believe it or not. Oh, wow. uh, so <laughs> built built a website for a department at my school when I was in college. And they wanted to make sure it could show up in Google. It's like, oh, well, just put the keywords in the keywords meta tag and you're done. But very quickly in the early 2000s, like say around 2001, because I remember the business I was working on 2001, it, it, we really focused on authority. And back then it was backlinks. Um, that's all we did. And it worked and we didn't need to do the black hat <laughs> techniques because uh, we were, we were doing, we were doing pro or campaigns similar to, to fire department coffee. So like purpose-based cause-based campaigns. I mean, I did the first one in 2001 related to baby products back then. I, I had a site called upscalebaby.com <laughs> that I was working on. That's a long time ago. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's, let's get into fire department coffee. So you've got this framework, which you've been working your strategies around for a long time. Firehouse, tell us a little bit about, you know, how you first came into contact with the brand and then the situation now we're in from an SEO perspective or even just a brand authority perspective when you first started. Yeah. So fire department coffee, the way I think about them is like the perfect SEO project. 
And the perfect SEO project doesn't come along very well, but uh, when it does, the results are good and you can learn a lot from what just happened. So that's why I like telling the Fire Department Coffee story. But I met um, Luke Snyder, he's the founder of Fire Department Coffee, uh, several years back. And uh, I think it was an introduction over Twitter, uh, not Twitter, sorry, uh, LinkedIn, because I remember having a LinkedIn conversation. And when he and I talked, what I remember about that first conversation was that he was a, just a super likable guy. You know, he told this story about, you know, he was in the military, he retired from the military, uh, he joined the fire services, um, you know, he he had the the misfortune of a couple of the of his fellow firefighters had had been injured and they're out of work so and in addition to that like when i first met him he was starting fire department coffee and for, with the fire department coffee brand when he was telling me about it it really felt like he had all the ingredients for a winner because um it was a great product it was great great tasting coffee with a kick he had the story of you know how he built it and how he built it was he was transitioning from the military to the fire services and he needed great tasting coffee with a kick. So he invented it. He started roasting it on its own. And then the other part of his story that's super compelling is that he built the company up to $10 million a year while he was still working full-time as a firefighter, which, which blows my mind. When I met him, they were probably doing around a million a year. He was still working full-time as a firefighter. So you know, when he and I would do our calls, he's like, oh, well, I'm getting off a 12-hour shift. Let's talk then. I'm like, what the? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah I, I think I work hard. So, but the important thing is like, he was the type of guy that when you meet him, you want to help him. Like, you're just like, how can I help you grow your business? Cause you're an awesome guy. You're giving a percentage of your proceeds to help injured uh, firefighters and their families. So like, you know, how can I help you? And when I realized that it just fit with a number of other types of campaigns that we had run for SEO in the past. So purpose-driven campaigns is what I call them where, you know, we're, we're, we really need to uh, define like a purpose behind the SEO campaign. For him, what it was about was basically the, the purpose behind the brand, which was helping injured firefighters and their families. But that allowed us with, with his SEO campaign to reach out to like-minded individuals and organizations. So these are um, influencers in the fire services space or anybody who's writing or talking about uh, veteran-owned businesses. And, and really build a community around the brand. Because when you tell the story about the brand, who doesn't want to help them? And, and that's huge. So we were able to leverage, I mean, so to, to, to get the story back to, to SEO, we were able to leverage the, the goodwill around the brand and the purpose behind the brand to build authority for the brand. So we, we were able to show Google uh, backlinks from influencers, engagement with the website and the content that they were putting out um, to basically in service of this community. Um, and then also that they were associated with uh, authoritative organizations. Uh, and these are these were organizations that that help veteran-owned businesses or help veterans, and then also on the fire services side. So they would have they have backlinks from first responder unions, fire departments, uh, things like that. So so that that really helped. And they were also able to get Google reviews uh, because when people hear the story behind the brand and taste the coffee, they 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 naturally ask, well, what can I do to help? What can I do to help the mission behind this brand? What's cool too is like if you think about like that crossover of okay, I like this I like this guy. He's got a great story. I want to help him grow his business. And then there, that overlaps with, oh, wow, like that great story. And the fact that lots of people, uh, he's probably got a really good, strong network and people are going to like him. He's going to be good on interviews and stuff. Like your mind must tick over pretty early on that this this could make a really strong campaign. 
Yeah, it, it's gold from an SEO perspective because we know we're going to be able to build relationships, real world relationships that we can demonstrate to Google with content partnerships, you know, influencers promoting our, our content, and then also backlinks, engagement with the site because we're building a community around the brand instead of just like pushing the products out there, uh, which, which is a lot the way we think about a lot of products. But the, the question I get is, yeah, sure, Dale, you know, I get it. This is like, you know, the, the one of the perfect, you know, most perfect SEO projects that you've worked on, but not every brand has these assets or this story. But we've been able to to do something similar with other brands, you know, b- b- boring companies with boring products, like in the B2B space, you know, manufacturing space. And even quickly, if I can tell the story, like the very first purpose-driven campaign I worked on was for the baby products website that I mentioned earlier. And what was going on there was there were a lot of handmade baby products that we were promoting on the website. We were just reviewing them, writing about them, and, you know, the, the moms would get excited if, if it was a good product. And what we found is that there was a law that was about to, um, it was being considered as a regulation that was about to become law uh, that said that anyone making baby products had to do $100,000 worth of lead testing, even if it's a handmade product and you're only making one of them. So that would have put uh, the handmade sellers that, many of the handmade sellers that we were promoting on our website out of business. So what we did was we led the charge against the law. And from an SEO perspective, that allowed us to build a, a broader community around the website, around this cause. So we did interviews. We had a badge that we put up on all, and this was a long time ago, but we had a badge that we put up on people's websites. We published the interviews. We promoted those interviews to other groups, law firms, and advocacy groups that were working uh, on behalf of other folks in this industry um, to to basically stop this law from happening. So that was one of the first like purpose-driven SEO campaigns that we did to build authority. And since then, there's just so many more examples of making this work, even for boring B2B software companies. So in your mind, it sounds like uh, your view of, of SEO, like there's a massive crossover with with PR. Like you'll like to be able to build this type of content, have relationships with journalists, have really just good stories to be able to share. Because quite often you'll have technical SEOs, content SEOs. There's Ferry Cazoni over in the UK that's big on that sort of PR style SEO. That to you, like they're kind of one and the same. Yeah, I mean, we the term, if I'm using it correctly, is digital PR, where basically we're we're doing PR like stuff. You know, coming up with a, a remarkable campaign that would get people talking in our space. Um, we want it to be relevant to the products or the the service that we sell because that helps us from authority perspective and helps us to to basically you know, gain the right partners that'll give us authority in the space that we want to have authority in. And then from there, doing outreach for content partnerships, or even just a quote for one of our pieces of content and backlinks um, and all of that, uh, so that we can demonstrate those, those artifacts, you know, the, the artifacts of our authority and, and trust in the space to Google, because Google needs to see technical artifacts at the end of the day. But in order to generate those technical artifacts, we're thinking top down. So for the top down mm-hmm. SEO strategy, that's that's really you know, coming up with a, a marketing strategy at a high level that you're going to apply to, you know, if it's the right strategy, you know, multiple channels that you're working on, including SEO. But you'll apply yeah. that to your SEO, your um, your PR, your content marketing. So, so that's the the top down SEO strategy, and we love thinking of a a, a purpose driven marketing strategy because that that's really what helps with with authority and content. And so that versus the bottom up SEO strategy, and the bottom up SEO strategy is really the more traditional SEO strategy where we're thinking about 
what signals does Google need to see? You know, Google needs to, wants to see keywords in the title tag, keywords in the content. Google also wants to see backlinks. So we're trying to figure out how to manufacture all those artifacts. The thing is, if you pursue the bottom, sorry, the top down SEO strategy where you're, you're uh, basically developing uh, a marketing strategy, uh, maybe around a purpose like I'm talking about today, that will generate the signals that Google wants to see. And it'll be white hat and they'll be more authentic and they will be more powerful at the end of the day because they're not, you know, gray hat or black hat links. Mm. I mean, these, these are links from real organizations that, that are like-minded, they, they care about what you care about. Yeah, interesting. Real interesting. I love too the way you talk about it, like you're talking about content partnerships, influences, like all these things and links, as opposed to most SEO agencies, we just talk about links and then that stuff's kind of like a bonus. Oh, wow, that's going to help lift our branded search. But you're, you're starting at the top the and problem then links is, are just part of that. Yeah, the problem is when you start the conversation with how do I get links, that just yeah. automatically leads you, leads you to a bad place. It leads you to a place yep. where you're buying links, you're doing crappy guest posting. And, and let's be honest, like some of that stuff works. That's why um, SEO people still do it. But Google's AI is getting really good at silently demoting those links. That means Google is happy for you to put resources into those black hat and gray hat link building techniques. And then you, they just won't give you credit for it. And they'll never tell you that. So you'll just keep doing it and wasting money. So when you started at Fire Department Coffee, what was the SEO situation there in terms of resources? Like, had they done SEO before? Did they have an internal, external team? What was the go there? No, they like really how they had started. You know, Luke was walking around to fire departments and just talking to them about his product and getting them to like purchase. So that's what he was doing. And then he had also started working with influencers in the space. And and then that's yep. when that's when we saw what he was doing and said, oh, this is gold for SEO. Tell me about that first 90 days that you started with them. Like, what was some of the planning that went into place? Like, are we talking audits or are you straight into story? Like, are we going into looking at what sort of PRs out there? Are we actually starting looking at, did they have a PR agency? I'm, I'm curious, like, what were the actions that moved the needle most in that first three months? Yeah, yeah. So the, the way we started is first with a technical audit. Now, remember, I'm not big on fixing everything. So we're yeah. looking for um, showstopper issues that would prevent Google from crawling or indexing the website. Everything else I call SEO hygiene, and we'll just fix it over time. We'll slowly make the website faster. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll do on-page optimization, optimization, all that stuff. But I want to quickly move on to targeted content and authority. So, for, so we did keyword research, um, you know, pretty, um, you know, makes a lot of sense. But, but we were looking for purchase intent keywords related to coffee, and they also have a coffee of the month club. They have a, a subscription, but they're the unique coffees that they have, like they have bourbon infused coffee. They were one of the first brand, or I believe the first brand to have uh, bourbon infused coffee. So we were looking at the competition for keywords related to the flavors that they offer, um, trying to understand why that competition was ranking. And then build um, build strategies around that. But then on the authority side, what we were looking at was it basically we wanted to understand how how Luke tells his story. And what we landed on is uh, what I was telling you around his story uh, as a veteran, like transitioning into the civilian world, and then also his story in the fire services and how he started a business um, while he's working full time as a firefighter. So we created content around that. Um, and he was already working with some influencers. We really ramped that up. So anybody who had been blogging or Instagram, Twitter, who's really focused on uh, veteran-owned businesses or supporting veterans, um, and then the same thing with uh, first responders, so firefighters, police, any of that. And we we had a hunch that they would want to support this business, and they did. 
So they wrote about it. Um, they they uh, amplified content that we put up about it. And what what that allowed was for us to create some targeted content. So optimizing product pages, um, creating collection pages, you know, all, all of that. But it's, but it ranks better because we built up the authority of the site. Now it's it's one thing when you're doing SEO to like manufacture backlinks. And they, they might be quality backlinks. Like if, if they are awesome, like you're going to do well. It's another thing to like manuf- to basically to develop authority, um, which goes beyond backlinks, which really has to do with really a three, 360 degree you know, view of authority where it's not just backlinks. It's also engagement with the site and we're generating Google reviews and we're trying to make sure that there are there we demonstrate like reciprocal relationships with with individuals and organizations in the space so that's what i would call like authority building which which i believe is one step better than just you know focusing on link building because link building also often link building will just lead you to um, a bad place if that's what you're focused on but then there's this this third level where you're building a community around your brand and and that's really gold because that allows you to focus on cultivating the community and getting all of those signals that you want for Google as a side effect. So interestingly, so we talk a lot on this podcast around how SEOs quite often aren't, you know, they, they're often consultants rather than doers. A typical SEO might work with, there might be a PR agency there, there could be a brand strategy in-house or external, but it sounds like you're kind of bringing this all together yourselves or are you doing this in are you pulling this out with resources from internal from the actual client Uh, so most of it we're doing ourselves like we we do all of it ourselves but every client is different in terms of the internal resources that they that they bring to the table so then what's the planning process look like so let's say you've you mentioned then what's happening in the first 90 days you need you need those great stories out there once you've done your research and a bit of the analysis you're getting a really good content out there in terms of planning that out and, and the buy-in from the founder or from the management team, how, how are you going in terms of pulling that commitment out of them that this is where we're heading over the next six, 12 plus months? So it's, it's usually not that hard because we're looking for something authentic. So um, founders love telling their stories. It, you know, it, it can get difficult if you're working with a brand that isn't interested in this type of approach or they don't believe they they have anything like you know imagine like working with a manufacturer you know, they might make a, a specific type of gear for submarines in fact i met with a manufacturer that makes a specific type of hatch for submarines and that's what they do right and they're like yeah yeah we don't we don't do marketing we don't have stories to tell like we just make the best product out there and maybe they maybe they don't need marketing because it's not a consumer product right but working with brands like that 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 do have the opportunity to uh, basically grow sal- grow sales by you know building an organic audience but but they don't really see the need for marketing like that's tough i mean i guess then if it's not a fit it's not a fit hopefully yeah, you figure yeah. that out before you, before you're like post audits and all that sort of exactly. stuff like hopefully that's were there any like major hurdles with with fire department coffee specifically that that you had to get over early on or at any point um, in the campaign it's the same hurdles we always have i mean we we always have to get the content development machine going so mm-hmm. like understanding so we're doing the research up front so what what keywords what topics what type of content for basically the goals and, and the audience that they're going after and then who's going to write the content is there you know high level of expertise that might be required for the content if it's more technical yeah. and where's that going to come from you know can we find can we find a writer with that expertise or can we interview somebody on on staff at the client for that expertise so getting the content machine you know up and running is is always a challenge and then the same thing on the authority side 
where like I always want to start out with a few authority building campaigns that we're working on because we don't always know which one's going to work. Once we get something that's working, then you can rinse and repeat, assuming it's scalable. But then that's the other issue. Sometimes we'll come up with something that's working great, but it doesn't scale. You know, there's only so many organizations that support veteran-owned businesses or something like that. So I always like to have a, a few of them that we're starting out with, see which ones work, see which ones we can scale so that we can double down on. And mm-hmm. sometimes, it, sometimes it works great where we can just rinse and repeat with an authority building strategy that's working. And then other times we pursue a number of authority building strategies that don't scale, but that's okay. As, you know, as long as you're, we're building authority, we, we max one out, we max out another one and, you know, we're moving in the right direction. So how long, how long did you work or have you been working with Fire Department Coffee? It's been a few years now. I really need to look okay. it up to know the, yeah. the actual numbers. What can you share? Like, uh, you know, that's obviously not confidential. Uh, what, what sort of winning numbers or winning, winning stories from this particular campaign well, are you I, kind I, of proud of? I, I can't share too much, um, but yeah. um, I mean, publicly available, I don't know what the actual numbers are, but they've, they've done really well for keywords that they want to go after like, you know, bourbon infused coffee and then um, other ones related to their coffee of the month club. So I remember the coffee of the month club was a, was a, a focus. And then just, just in general for brands like, like them going forward, like I, I really think it's going to be, you know, more about authority building going forward. And then obviously building content, you know, Google's still a text-based search engine and building the right content that's actually useful and gets engagement and Google sees it as valuable and it, it targets the the right keywords or, or, or more importantly, the right search intents. You know, that's that's always going to be important, but but you need the authority piece in, in order for that awesome content to, to rank it all. And with this type of approach, so a lot of uh, a lot of businesses will want to separate brand and non-brand to, to measure the effectiveness of SEO. But if we're talking purpose-led SEO, which is largely around the brand and the founder and the founder's story, you, you can't really separate it and have an accurate re- reflection of what you guys are doing from a metric perspective. Am I right? Well, we always separate like branded and non-branded keywords in terms of like traffic that we're generating. And also we're always focused on non-branded keywords because those are new customers. So somebody is looking for bourbon infused coffee or coffee with a kick. Um, <laughs> or highly caffeinated coffee or, wh- or whatever it is. You know, those are customers who know what they're looking for. Those are purchase intent keywords and they're, they've, they've never heard of you before. So if we can get them to our website, that those are new customers with, you know, potentially a lifetime of buying, buying coffee. So the lifetime value uh, for brands like Fire Department Coffee is pretty high. I get, so I guess my question is more so, given your approach, you've got, better leverage to take some credit for branded uplift would you is that correct or not yeah yeah definitely um yeah definitely um but we still focus on the non-branded traffic the yeah, new customers course. what do you see is like the sort of key to to help to continue to grow the authority and the, the traffic in the brand of fire department coffee moving forward from an seo perspective it's really like real world relationships and you know leveraging those and you know starting with you know what are we going to do that's remarkable who cares about it and how are we going to build a community around that? And then, of course, making sure that the technical artifacts that Google needs to see are, are there. But I don't start with the technical side. You know, how am I going to build links? You know, we're really starting with uh, what are we going to do that's remarkable in the space? And, you know, how are we going to build community around that? So it's just a very different approach. So I keep coming back to how different this is to how most SEOs work. Like you are very much purposefully, pardon the pun, you need to live inside the brand as opposed to being an external 
you know, you need to live inside the brand, understand the, the brand's customers and its mission and everything much, I would think, much more inherently than most SEOs. Yes, of course. So it's like uh, building a website for a business. Like if you're a business, you're going to yep. invest in a website, you know you need one, you're going to hire a, a technician that knows how to build websites. And, and SEO was that way for a long time. But now in order for SEO to be effective and really like, you know, double, triple your traffic, it needs to be integrated with a broader marketing strategy. And, and, yep. and the way SEO becomes like a one plus one equals three situation with, with your other marketing channels is to, to integrate them in this way. Awesome, Dale. Thank you so much. Great story. Love the, the approach and, and the model and the mindset of top down. Really enjoyed that. So that's great. Now, as we do every episode, I'm going to fire some quick Vox Pop questions at you that we fire at every guest that we have on. So I'll whip through them. I just need the first answer that comes to mind and then we'll be on to the next. Sure. You ready? Sure. Which previous Google algorithm change still keeps you up at night? All of them? Sorry, that's a, that's a real truth. Because of, like some of them have, have like there have been so many of them that have given me nightmares um, that I, I live in fear that there's another big one coming. And the, and the way we deal with that is to you know optimize for you know where the puck is going, like the, the algorithm Google's trying to build, rather than being reactionary for every individual algorithm update. I think I know the answer to this question, but I have to ask it. Gun to your head. Which do you prefer, content or links? I mean, backlinks and authority like wins every time. What's the most effective link building or link outreach technique that you have used? And we've talked a lot about it, but is there one tactic specifically? I would say PR related tactics like are really going to get you the are going to get you the best links at the end of the day, and that has to do with like what is remarkable about your brand, what are you doing that's remarkable in the um, in the marketplace. Is the skyscraper technique still relevant today? I believe so. It's not exactly what we do anymore, but certainly if you're if you're in a niche where you see an opportunity, like I would definitely look into that. What do you love most about SEO? What I love about it is the interdisciplinary aspect. And so I get to learn uh, so many different aspects like technical, non-technical related to marketing, PR, content and AI. Like I love learning about AI. And, but, but even more than that, I love the folks that I meet. So I'm able to have conversations with people who do every different facet of, of marketing and try to understand how their expertise could, could fit uh, or could benefit an SEO campaign. Like, I love those conversations. How do you apply SEO principles to your daily life? Oh, I love it. This is great because um, I have kids. So my daily life is like getting them where they need to be and getting them to do what they do. So for me, a lot of SEO at the end of the day, like once we've, once we've done the creative thinking, it's like, you know, nose to the grindstone execution, efficient execution. So the way I apply that to my daily life is yeah. execution and project management. When it came to getting my kids to summer camp this morning and making sure mm. that one of us gets to pick them up. And then when they get home, they have a list of chores. <laughs> love it, love it, love so it, love project it. project management in the household. Work from home life or office life or hybrid life? I prefer solo office life. So I'm a introvert. Uh, so okay. uh, when when the pandemic hit, I was the only one in the office and, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I could <laughs> sit in front of my computer and just get work done. So, yeah. so that's what I enjoy. SEMrush or Ahrefs? Oh my God, I can't. Both of those organizations have been good to me and I use both on a daily basis. So, and they're both coming, they're always coming out with interesting tools. 
so you can't choose like you know get to know both of them and they're both coming out with some amazing tools in the near future that i i would want to be aware of okay excellent and last one agency or in-house or combo oh my goodness um i've been both and yep. i don't want to say anything bad about either i i prefer the agency life because i want to learn really quickly the downside of that is agency life can be hectic and demanding. Uh, 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 so that's what I prefer. Dale, thank you so much. Really appreciate your candor, you know, just sharing your mindset. You've had a long history in this industry, longer than pretty much anyone else I've spoken to, maybe one or two others um, that have been around that long. But really appreciate, you know, picking that brain and having this conversation with you. How can people, if people want to reach out to you, if they want to pick your brain or, you know, talk more about SEO, what's the best way to connect with you? So find my website. We're fireandspark.com. I'll spell that. Yep. Reach out to me. I'm dale at fireandspark.com. I'm happy to answer yep. SEO questions, talk about authority building, which, you know, the big hammer in the SEO world. Thanks, Dale. Well, that has been SEO success stories. We've been talking about fire department coffee and purpose-led SEO with Dale Bertrand. Uh, if you've enjoyed the episode, as I always say, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. We've got a bunch of really good episodes on there. So please do subscribe. If you've enjoyed this conversation as much as I have, which I'm sure you have, please write us a review. Five stars will be wonderful on Apple, Google, you know, Podchaser, all these different platforms. We would really appreciate that. That's SEO success stories for another round. Dale, thank you so much. Really appreciated your time. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. It's a fun conversation. So we'll do it again. Thank you, Dale.